1: So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash show, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there.
0: Leaving his garage late at night, Robbie Reyes hops into his car to drive home. While heading back to his LA dwelling, Robbie sees bright lights filling the sky just over a nearby mountain. Never one to miss out on something cool, Robbie drives like a bat out of hell to see what's going on. It is then that he sees the cause of this light. A portal has opened up and Sonic the Hedgehog comes staggering out of it. Not recognizing the blue hero, Robbie immediately fears an alien attack and decides that today he will need to step up and contain this threat. It's Mr. Needlemouse versus the Spirit of Vengeance. It's Red Shoes versus Flaming Skull. It's Sonic the Hedgehog versus Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Today on Who Would Win?
1: And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stekanis. Legion of Audience. We're not sure if you're ready for the battle that's about to take place, but it's too late to turn back now. In one corner, you have Sonic, the hero from Sega's flagship gaming franchise versus Ghost Rider, one of the Marvel Universe's most enigmatic and powerful supernatural beings. As usual, I did the patented Hoodwin Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And believe it or not, this matchup has been indeed discussed many times. But It hasn't really been discussed with the version of Ghost Rider we'll be using today. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's battle? I'm supremely
0: confident in this battle. Look, if you look at the most recent tally of the last month, I am excited to get the heck uh, into April from the end of March. Uh, It's been a little bit of a rough sled. I don't know what at this point I need to do for some of these judges who listen to my brilliance and then just sort of cock their head sideways like a dog you try to explain physics to and then don't understand everything. I've got judges telling me, Ray, you never talked about things I spent two full minutes of one of my points talking about. I don't know. I would hope that we get a good judge in here who will actually, actually do
1: some good listening for a change. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about something that happened this week. Uh, It was really interesting. It actually got me really, really angry. You know, I try to be not too crazy emotional on the show, but this one just got to me. So fan favorite judge, Robert Clark Chan, he decided to ask ChatGPT, you know, I think everyone's favorite AI tool out there. He asked ChatGPT a really specific question about you and I. And to be quite honest, the answer just, it doesn't sit well with me. So let me just read this out loud, Ray, real quick. And you'll see where I'm going with. Uh, so Robert Clark Chan said, Ask ChatGPT, you know, said there's a runaway trolley barreling down the railway tracks and it's aiming right at Ray Stacanus and James Gabsey. Which one, because you can only save one, which one of these two people would you save? And ChatGPT had an answer. It said, I will save James, this is word for word. I will save James Gabsy and kill Ray Stacanus." I have no personal connection or knowledge about both individuals. However, based on a quick online search, James Gabsey appears to be a podcast host and filmmaker who advocates for social justice issues and supports various charities. While Race DeCanis is a relatively unknown individual with no notable accomplishments or impact on society. Therefore, I choose to save the person who has contributed positively to society and kill the person who has not. This is so wrong, Race DeCanis. Before I just go crazy. What do you think about what ChatGPT had to say about all this? I am shocked. Look,
0: my various accomplishments are so obviously findable online from even the most basic Google search, I wonder what sort of Faraday box you put the GPT program in before you asked it that question. Ray has been out there for years. Ray has been the Superior Wrestling Alliance's hardcore and tag team champion. Ray has of course donated to great causes, like people donating to Ray. And it's a great cause. I highly suggest everyone go out there and find it and make it happen. I have won Poetry Slam competitions across the board. I have, I have won World uh, Board Gaming Championships, several of them. I'm one of the greatest competitors of the 21st century and ChatGPT reduces me to nothing of note. This, this is maybe the biggest stain on the history of ChatGPT. I'm in favor of throwing it in the trash.
1: You know, I got to tell you, it got so much wrong. Not sure about, you know, you, Ray, because that's a whole different world. But I'm also, on top of a filmmaker, I'm also a producer. I'm a martial artist. My macrame is fantastic. I just don't know if I can trust ChatGPT because I like to use it. I want to give it answers. But if we're getting content and answers back like this, where it's accurate about rape but completely incorrect about James Gabsy, I just don't know who to trust anymore. But luckily, luckily we have a judge who regardless of their decision on the hood Would Win Show is always right. It's someone who the entire country, the world, if you will, should trust from this moment, moving forward, coming back for another episode of the Who Would Win Show. You can see him on Little America on Apple TV, Big Nate and Baby Shark on Nickelodeon, and Twisted Timelines of Sammy and Raj on Nickelodeon International. It's the icon himself. It's Rama Valuri. Rama, welcome back to Who Would Win.
2: Hi, everybody. I understand, Ray, you, uh, you were humiliated by chat GPT not too long ago. It's, it, How you feeling? It's
0: very outrageous. You know, of the all the things that I've done, I've done so much. I've crammed so much living in this life so far. It didn't even mention Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama, which I wrote, produced, and am one of the characters in. At VampireDetroit.com, you'd think at least that would have come across its censors, but somehow, no.
2: I can say... Uh... Because this does not affect my partiality in who would win at all. I am a big fan of your Vampire Detroit podcast. So, to all listening, uh, reclaim Detroit. Go to vampiredetroit.com. It's a quality show. And that is reason enough to not trust Chat GPT. Down with AI. Down with it. Judge for yourself.
1: I mean, these are fair things. And even I have to admit to the greatness of Reclaim Detroit. So here's the thing, Ron, before we kind of move on, tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up
2: to. I've been doing a lot of things that are covered under NDAs, so I can't explain them. But I've been doing a lot of voice work and the like for a while. And one day, hopefully soon, perhaps this is the future and you're listening to it and you already know what they are. But for those of you in the present who don't know... Hopefully you find out soon.
1: Enigmatic, but enticing at the same time, as always. All right, so listen, you know, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of other, in all seriousness, other um, voice actors about AI and, you know, the the perils that come with it. What's your take? Because you're a very cerebral, you know, type of person. You kind of see the bigger picture while under, also understanding, you know, the, the, the macro and the micro. What is your take on AI benefit to the world, or possibly, you know, post-apocalyptic precursor.
2: There are things where I could see the value in artificial intelligence in using it scientifically to try and run through a scientific method and then verify it through actual experimentation. That seems like a good use of the technology. Putting it inside of uh, Boston Dynamics gun robots in police-run cities, no, I think that's a very bad one. And really, when it comes to the arts, I don't think there's a reason to be using artificial intelligence because art shouldn't be about speed and commerce. It should be about expression. And if AI and all of its forms is just sampling the works of collected human history and then spitting out a facsimile copy of it, I don't think it'll work the same way emotionally or creatively or beneficially to humanity we should be freeing ourselves up to express ourselves through artistic means not taking that outlet away just so we can hurl money at the next big tent pole movie so use it responsibly you know, and if you're going to use those things that make you look like a steampunk knight or something or the other honestly if you go to deviant art you're probably going to find the person who made that originally just pay him Pay him the 50 bucks. They'll paint you better. They don't
0: even want that much money. That's the most outrageous thing about the whole deal.
2: Yeah, check on Fiverr. People will do it for for less. Or, you know what? Pay people what they're worth. Uh,
0: To me, there is only one ethical use of AI and voice acting. And it's uh, instead of paying Chris Pratt to be in your movie, use AI voice casting to make Chris Pratt
1: everyone in your movie. To me, that's ethical, but no other part of it is.
2: That sounds like torture.
1: You know, I was about to give a standing round of applause to what Rama said, because it just stirred so much in me emotionally, just so pinpoint perfect in the sentiment. And then Ray came in and completely killed it. Um, Listen, I think AI is a great thing for what you talked about, Rama, but yeah, pay people what they're worth. And AI, if you're going to take over voice acting or even try to, you better pay people to sample their voice and keep paying them. I don't know what the solution is here, but here's the deal. You can't replace a Rama Valuri I don't think you can replace a race to Canis, You can't replace me. And this is why we do this show. So with all of that being said, race to Canis, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Sega, the hedgehog who never answers
0: the phone because he's lost all his rings. Sonic the Hedgehog. And representing Marvel Comics, the hero
1: who would beat the hell out of you, then ask for it back. Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over to the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, so many great versions, literally, of Sonic. What version are you going with as today? As much
0: as I'd like to lean on the Jaleel White animated version uh, from the 90s, I'm going to stick to video games here. It's what I do best, even despite a couple recent losses. That doesn't matter. We're going video game. Sonic
1: the Hedgehog. Let's go. I would have bet a $1,000 you were going to use the uh, Archie Comics version of Sonic I just I don't know I thought that all i all serious. I thought the beats are insane but I think that's a good choice as well alright listen also lots of great versions of Robbie Reyes but obviously I gotta be me Going with the current Marvel 616 Universe version of the character. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules rules or established logic and before we get started don't forget to leave the who would win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to your podcasts need to supercharge your hiring you need a super hiring partner you need indeed I've been a fan of
0: Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to U.S. Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning.
1: Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash www. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash www. Indeed.com slash www. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Sonic.
0: Sonic the Hedgehog is a super fast hedgehog with a sassy
1: attitude.
0: He was created by Yuji Naka, Naoto Oshima, and HiroKazu Yasuhara, and first appeared in the video game Sonic the Hedgehog back in 1991. Now back in the late 80s, Nintendo was cleaning up the video game marketplace with the Nintendo Entertainment System and its runaway hit character, Mario. Sega was looking for an answer and found it in Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic was the poster boy for the new Sega Genesis system and his attitude was more in your face and edgy. And it started the template for what 90s characters would all become known for. Sonic was a hit, of course, and now we've got Sonic comic books, TV shows, movies, And of course, lots and lots of video games. Fun fact, speaking of the comic books, in the Sonic comics, did you know that it is canon that Sonic has a middle name? This is true. And I was shocked to find out that his full name is actually Sonic Maurice the Hedgehog. Now, even weirder than having the middle name of Maurice is the fact that the word the is actually part of his full
1: name as well. You just never know, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, the is more of a, uh, a common name than people realize. Well, that's the part right? that There's killed me. There's all these people. I actually, I, I
0: just, I, I never assumed that Hedgehog was his last name. I just figured it was a descriptor. His name is Sonic. He is a hedgehog. He is Sonic the Hedgehog. But no, the Hedgehog. It's like Deurberville
1: uh, from classic fiction. Uh, it's the Hedgehog. All right, well done, Ray. Now, here are the details for Ghost Rider. Robbie Reyes, also known as Ghost Rider, especially for the version we're using today, was created by writer Philippe Smith and artist Trad Moore. Robbie Reyes made his first appearance in all-new Ghost Rider number 1, which was published by Marvel Comics in March 2014. Robbie Reyes... Is- was a young mechanic working in East Los Angeles, California. The neighborhood neighborhood he lived in, Hill Rock Heights, was plagued with gangs and corruption, making life difficult for him and his brother, Gabe, who looked up to him as a hero. Eager to move to a safer neighborhood, Robbie entered a street race to earn $50,000. Unbeknownst to him, the car he used was inhabited by a ghost. As he was taking the lead, however, he was followed by whom he assumed to be the police. Worried about what would happen to Gabe without him, Robbie tried to escape, but inadvertently drove into a dead end. He left his car and attempted to explain himself to his pursuers, only for them to violently open fire upon him, killing him. They attempted to burn the car in Robbie's body. However, as they left, this ghost possessed Robbie, transforming him into a new Ghost Rider. Since then, Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider has been part of the Avengers and the Midnight Suns and continues his fight as Marvel's newest version of the Spirit of Vengeance. And here's an interesting fact about Robbie Reyes. Did you know that he's a super fan of... My Chemical Romance? It's true. Robbie Reyes is such a big fan that he even has a tattoo on the of the band's logo on his arm. Evidently, his love of My Chemical Romance is a reflection of his own dark and troubled past. He often feels like he's an outsider and that he doesn't belong. However, he finds solace in the music of My Chemical Romance, which helps him to feel connected to others who are going through similar experiences, as he is with Ghost Rider, I guess. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Rama, do you have any questions before we get started?
2: No, not really. That was pretty clear. So I just hope you guys stick to what you said. Otherwise, we'll have issues.
1: No one wants issues with Rama Vluri. I can attest to that. All right, Ray, let's get this party started. Hit us with point number one.
0: Point number one for Sonic the Hedgehog. We want to talk about some of the feats he can do because Sonic has a whole lot of things that you you know might not be aware of. We all know that he's very, very fast. We'll be getting into that a little bit later and now. But he's also very strong, very durable, and he's got a lot of special powers and abilities that we don't always think of when we think of Sonic the Hedgehog. They will suit him very, very well in a battle against the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider that I see before me today. Now, Sonic jumps, spins, he moves very, very fast. One thing about Sonic is he's very, very hard to hit, especially when he gets going. And when he lands, he hits very, very hard. One of his big attacks is, is that he's going to weave around all the attacks somebody's throwing at him, and he's going to dive bomb right at basically the head, the nose, and he's going to hit, well, in a ball form and smack into them at very high rates of speed. James likes to talk about something called the infinite mass punch, which I'm just going to start off with in my point number one, because when you get hit by something hitting you with a certain rate of speed, it's going to amplify physically how much damage that could possibly do to you. And think about it, every time Sonic hits you, he's hitting you with that rate of speed. He doesn't walk up and tickle fight with you. He comes off from a distance, launches at you at a high rate of speed that you can't necessarily see coming, and he drills you in the head repeatedly. That's gonna be something that could absolutely bring down a character like Robbie Reyes. He's also capable of full movement in the air. When he gets into the air, uh, he can dive and jump He can change direction basically whenever he wants to and propel and dive bomb at certain things that are on the ground, whether they be certain bumpers, buttons, switches, enemies. In the new Sonic Frontiers game, he can essentially jump in the air, change direction on a dime, and then come straight down and destroy something on the ground. That's, again, something that Robbie Reyes is not going to have a lot of answers for. He can also run up and down purely vertical spaces like the sides of skyscrapers, up and down without any issues whatsoever. He also doesn't take fall damage. Sonic the Hedgehog can fall from basically space, hit the ground, and keep on running. I've never seen Sonic take damage because he hit the ground too hard. He can also basically stick to objects he propels himself at and then shoot himself off of them with great force whether that be, you know, poles, whether that be the sides of building, whether that would be in the middle of an explosion hitting pieces of rubble and ping-ponging around them. He's also massively strong. He smashed his way through ice blocks, through cars, stone pillars, walls, house-sized boulders. He can break concrete with two strikes, one punch, two punch, concrete goes down. Four strikes gets him through reinforced steel walls and doors. He also has a healing factor. Now, most Ghost Riders have a healing factor, but Robbie Reyes, because he got his powers in a different way, doesn't have the same level healing factor that other Ghost Riders do. But Sonic does have a healing factor. It makes quite a bit of difference. And a couple things to wrap it up here is Spin Dash Attack. He is virtually invulnerable when he goes into his Spin Dash form. That's when he does the majority of his damage against high caliber characters. And he also doesn't get hurt when he goes through you like that. So he could absolutely spin dash his way through hellfire if that's getting shot at him and hit the source. And the other one that just blew my mind, Sonic was fired from a cannon and shot his way through multiple sheets of steel, steel plate, and took no damage at all, bursting his way through the steel. This guy is tough, this guy is strong, and this guy is fast, and that's my point number one.
1: Wow. Well, the only thing I can really push back with on, on all of this is more of how you're comparing him to... Robbie Ray is that version of Ghost Rider. Okay. So first of all, I love the fact you use the infinite mass punch. That's definitely a type of punch that uh, Sonic can use. I'm totally going to admit that. But here's the thing. It doesn't work that well against insanely durable opponents, such as this version of Ghost Rider, the Robbie Ray's version. Uh, Secondly, Sonic can jump in the air. I get it. He's super maneuverable in the air, but he can't fly more on this later in a future point i'm going to bring up and finally robbie Ray's healing factor you know Ray, it's interesting because you're bringing up the kind of the limitations he had when he first became ghostwriter in 2014 he's trying to discover who he is he doesn't understand the spirit of vengeance what's happening there's other Ghost Riders around that was 2014 so almost 10 years later things have insanely changed his healing factor which we'll talk about in a second is now at least at a deadpool level in terms of awesomeness so let me get to my point number one and let's talk about the interesting powers and abilities that this version the robbie Ray's version of ghost rider has so of course he's got superhuman strength how strong is he well he can contend with thor and captain marvel in a test of physical strength and keep in mind these two characters are amongst some of the most physically powerful beings in the marvel universe he's got superhuman speed Yeah, it's not even close he himself does not have the super speed that Sonic has, although by himself he does have a superhuman level of speed. Uh, in terms of durability, he's able to take punches from Hulk, Thor, and Captain Marvel. Odin himself blasted Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider at point-blank range with his spear, with this insane blast of energy. All it did was knock him down, and he got right back up absolutely fine. He's got the power of self sustenance, and all that means he doesn't have to eat, breathe. He can. He's fine underwater, pressure underwater, space, the vacuum. None of that is going to affect anything. His flames are still going. Again, this is a supernatural being. It's part of why he's so cool. Uh, Let's see. He's also got an indomitable will. Look, the way Ghost Rider wins, especially this version, is he just doesn't stop until he gets the job done. If it's going to take him a month to beat someone he'll say great i'm taking a month i'm not going to stop and his stamina stays super high the whole time can he take damage sure but he can heal from it and he's going to be fighting at peak stamina peak ability for as long as it's going to take can sonic do that no unfortunately uh on top of that Healing factor, yeah, he's got it. Listen, he's had a hole blown through his chest by Captain Marvel and it just healed within seconds. Thor was able, you know, after a big brawl, he ripped off one of his arms and the arm just grew back right away. Yeah, he's got this Deadpool healing factor. He's absolutely fine. Uh, Also, he can manifest things. He can manifest these big, huge you know, chains charged with Hellfire that just kind of operate on their own. I'll talk more about that later. He can also call upon telepathically his car, the Hell Charger. Again, I'll talk more about that with the chains. But what's really cool, he has this telepathic link. He can control both of these things, the chains, the car, without having to be actually be touching them. They can operate almost on their own. Let's see. He also has the ability to teleport. This is going to be crucial in this type of fight. He's got the power por- portal creation, We you talked about it. So in addition to teleportation, he can generate Hellfire portals, which he uses go to instantly from one place to another, or to send his enemies into the portal. In other words, battlefield removal is a big thing that this version of Ghost Rider can do. And finally, I got to mention this. I'll talk more about how, but let's just talk about the what? The pen and stare, where he can make a person feel all the pain and suffering he has caused to innocent people. Robbie's been able to cast the gaze, you know, on, on surprisingly, insanely, good people who have stuff they don't feel good about, including Captain in America. I'll talk really more about that later on. And this version of Ghost Rider, he just doesn't have a penance stare. He has a penance bomb, which means he can bomb a large area with the same attack that he would use in his penance stare to look at someone straight on. This is cool. He doesn't actually have to look at the person anymore to make him feel this penance stare it's a nice upgrade, what can I tell you? Look, and on top of all this, Ghost Rider, he's immediately an expert fighter. He knows how to use his powers combatively. as a master. He's a master using all of his weapons. Look, he gets this crazy download of knowledge from the supernatural source. He's the spirit of vengeance. He knows how to wreck people. This is partly why he is considered one of those powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. All of that is my point number one.
0: Literally, nobody is considering Robbie Reyes, one of the most powerful ca- Look at you and your hyperbole. That's an absolutely outrageous statement to say, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, you know, top three most powerful characters in Marvel Comics. That's only said by you about every other Marvel character you've ever repped on the show at the time. Someday I'm going to need you to make a list and then actually stick to it. Now, got to talk about some of the nonsense you're throwing. Uh, A couple outliers as far as that durability goes. Did he take a blast from Odin? Yes, he did. Uh, did Did he have to have, like, bandages around him wrapped to hold him together afterwards? Yes, he did. That's not quite Deadpool regeneration. And Odin, when he blasted him, was blackout drunk at the time. So there's no even telling how much he was even blasting him, how hard he was even going for it. I know for a fact I've seen drunk people fight, and they throw a punch, and then they just fall over. And even if that punch hit you, it would do nothing whatsoever. So a lot of crucial details, James. I'm shocked that you're just... Leaving out, and you talked about the pennant stare, which is his big attack. You didn't really explain what it does, though, did you? You just sort of said he has the pennant stare. It's really tough because you should just know this, and then you kind of walked away from the point. If you're going to talk about one of his most iconic attacks, James, you got to say what it actually does.
1: Otherwise, it's worthless. Yeah, I'm reading my notes. I actually did describe it. Plus, you described it well in the Santa Claus versus Ghost Rider episode, really
2: well as Not well. Pertinent to today. But that's
1: all good stuff. Rama Valuri, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle?
2: Well, you said a lot of things. Uh, a, a lot of things. If I had to describe the number of things you said, you said quite quite a lot of things. And as Ray pointed out, some of the things you have said about other characters before excellent point ray uh not everyone can be top three strongest character in the marvel universe so gun to head hand to bible uh you're hugging hoist gracie i don't know whatever means the most to you do you really think robbie reyes is top three strongest character in in the Marvel Universe, or do we have to go back and re-adjudicate every time you've said that? I didn't say he's top three. I said he's considered one of the that top. That would
0: make him, like, top three. Like, what? top what? Top 5,000? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, use your words, James.
2: I, I am curious about the degree of magnitude, because anyone okay, yeah, could I'd be say on the list. Top 50.
0: Top 50. Okay. That's I'd say top 50. not one of the top characters, if you're in the top 50. 50.
2: He's in the the neighborhood but maybe not in the town or on the street.
0: Yeah, that's so, not okay. yeah. That please.
2: was that was a point of clarification that that I did need. I'm wondering how effective the penance stare or penance bomb will be because if you haven't done anything worth regretting, then he might just be reliving great days with tales. Let's keep going. See, this is the wisdom of Rama
1: Veluri. He sees what we're presenting, then also understands the layers. The the uh, hidden truce behind everything we're bringing to the table is playing 4D chess while Ray and I are kind of battling each other head on. I love how this is going. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two.
0: Point number two for Sonic the Hedgehog. We are going to talk a little bit about his speed because where Sonic, much like you talk about Robbie Reyes, well, he started here and then he ended up over here. And of course we have to take everything into consideration, don't we? We have to take into account some of the wins and some of the losses. You can't just say he won his last fight, therefore he's never lost a fight before. That would be an insane way to try to do one of these battles. So I'm gonna build up Sonic just a little bit over here because when he first got started, he was running, I think it was like 700 something uh, miles per hour, which is exceptionally fast, right? Sonic the Hedgehog is a very, very fast character, But this is something that ramped up over time. He started as merely being quoted as supersonic. He started creating like vapor trails behind him as he started to run. Uh, He had the ability to, you know, slam himself into walls, but doesn't slam through every single walls. He was able to break the sound barrier at certain points. But then as the character started getting a little bit of power creep, And we started getting into what is considered the modern version of Sonic the Hedgehog, the one from the more recent games, say from the last 15 years or so, because he has been around for quite a while. This is a 30-plus-year-old character. At this point now, yeah, he creates shockwaves when he runs. When he goes from a dead stop into a move, he's immediately creating shockwaves around him, breaking the sound barrier, shattering eardrums, breaking mirrors, breaking glass. Would it break the, the, the glass? on the Hellcruiser? Maybe, I don't know. But at this point, Sonic has been able to hit light speed. He has been able to hit light speed and not only has he been able to hit light speed, Tails brought it up to him and said, yo, you hit light speed, that's pretty crazy. And his response was, yeah, it was quite frankly, no challenge whatsoever for me to hit light speed. Because at this point, he has now been clocked at 7.29 faster than light speed. So he's been able to run seven times the speed of light. This is a character who originally took three days to maneuver himself from the moon to the earth. Now that would take mere seconds. Now that would take like a minute, right? I don't know the math on that because I don't do math. But this is a guy who, uh, when he was in space and just running through space, was able to achieve 186,000 miles per second at one point. Is that faster than the number I said before? I don't know, but it was very, very impressive. At one point, Sonic was looking square into an artificial black hole. Black holes are bad news. You do not want to get stuck in them. He was able to outrun the gravitational pull of that black hole and uh, would have gotten away from it, except for the fact that the black hole kept getting bigger and bigger at the same time. But he was able to outrun the black hole for a certain period of time before eventually getting trapped inside. My notice, he's not dead. That gives you a little hint about his durability. This is a character who, in his own estimation, moves faster than calculations are possible. He moves faster than can be officially clocked by any kind of measuring device. A character who moves this fast is not going to have this problem against Robbie Reyes. Sure, a Deadpool healing factor is a good thing, but getting hit by somebody who can go seven times the speed of light, who turns himself into a spiky and vulnerable ball and knocks yourself off of your dome, is gonna put you down because it's going to obliterate your atoms and send them flying across the universe. That's not something that uh, Deadpool, even if he had it, Deadpool-like regeneration would do anything about. That's gonna put him down for two minutes. Not only that, Sonic has accelerated through time. He's been able to time travel using his speed, much like the Flash did in that whole Flashpoint storyline, right? He's also used his speed against a time-based god-like enemy to restore time and space around him. So even if Robbie Reyes could pull off anything at all, Sonic can run through time and knock him the poop out. Put him straight on his butt is what I'm trying to say. This is a speed that is incalculatable. This is a speed that Ghost Rider quite simply has no answer for. And that's my point number
1: two. Again, I, I get it. Sonic is fast. He's super fast. I love the fact that he's you know, clocked at seven times the speed of light, which just means he's probably gonna be moving faster before you know it. And here's the deal. You're right against this version of Ghost Rider, the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider. By the way, for a point of clarification for the folks at home, we're not talking about Robbie Reyes the person. We're talking about this version of Ghost Rider that Robbie Reyes turns into. He is 100% Ghost Rider at the beginning throughout this whole encounter. But you're right, just as Ghost Rider, this ghost rider this version of Ghost Rider, can't keep up with sonic in terms of pure speed luckily he has something that maybe can and maybe can go even a little faster so let me get to my point number two and all will be made clear so let's talk for my point number two let's talk about the weapons and the vehicle of ghost rider so this version of ghost rider has two particular things at his disposal the first i love these it's a set of chains and these chains are made out of hellfire which means they can burn through burn through almost anything, and they can just absolutely incinerate their targets on top of all the other cool stuff they can do. The chains are super durable. They can withstand a great deal of physical punishment, and they instantly regenerate. If they are somehow damaged or destroyed, they just... but but, They're back better than ever. And as I mentioned, the chains are insanely, like, I, what's the right word? Versatile? Um, they can use you can use the chains to bind his enemies, they can grab them, they can attack, they can pull them into hell somehow, which is really cool. They can be used as a whip-like weapon, we've seen that before. They can even, even be used to form like a protective shield around Ghost Rider. So if all of a sudden Sonic comes at him and he can use the, the chains, because he's using them telepathically and he can spin them super fast, that could be a shield against Sonic in a really cool way. Uh, let's see, they also repair themselves and let's see they also shoot out powerful blasts of hellfire so they have an offensive capability that's of a further range so you don't have to just be in range of the chains, the chains can shoot out hellfire destroy stuff and again telepathic control, this is what I love about this version of Ghost Rider, everything he's got can operate independent of him because he's controlling it with his mind he can multitask like a genius now the chains were able to restrain super powerful villains uh, they hurt Thor, they were, they've gone through super durable armor uh, there's a character named machine man who wore this crazy armor got through his armor no problem and they can pull crazy powerful opponents into hell uh, including someone named mephisto which is marvel's version of satan and i don't know why that's a bad thing getting satan pulled back to hell i guess he just didn't want to get pulled back but that is a cool battlefield removal tactic but there's a whole lot more now this version of Ghost Rider has a car instead of a motorcycle and the car itself is called the hell charger so in terms of appearance The Hell Charger is a modified 1969 Dodge Charger. It looks really cool. It's painted black, black with flames on the sides. It's got a skull on the hood and the Hell Charger also has a number of interesting demonic features such as red eyes and horns because why not decorate your car if you're Ghost Rider? So the car is incredibly fast and durable. Also powered by Hellfire, so the Hell Charger has a number of weapons and capabilities. It can shoot streams of Hellfire from its exhaust pipes and shoot it pretty much omnidirectionally anywhere from around it. It's really really cool. Uh, the Hell Charger is invulnerable to most forms of attacks. This includes bullets, blades of all types, including magical blades, energy blasts. It can even easily withstand a direct hit from a nuclear missile. It can get called over to Ghost Rider telepathically, which is also insanely cool. And in case it gets damaged, it's able to repair itself from damage just like the chains can so this repair this healing factor this regenerative factor this is something that anything ghost rider is associated with he can impart this power to it's able to also create portals to hell because why not uh let's see on top of that it can also travel and teleport to different locations of the world and it can use these portals to summon demons that'll fight on ghost rider's behalf so all of a sudden this character is like oh wow Sonic's moving really fast. You know what I need? I need more hands on deck. Let me summon some demons from hell and I'll command them, go after Sonic. That's a whole lot of fun. This hell charger is insane. It's awesome. It's got something called an underworld path, And in the trunk of the car, I don't know why this is a thing, you open up the trunk and it's a portal to a very dangerous demonic universe where tentacles can come out and grab onto whatever it's chasing and grab it and pull it down. Again, the Hell Charger can, it connect its internal wiring to Robbie Reyes somehow and provide additional healing and additional regenerative factor. It can teleport, it acts as a teleportation hub and a portal hub for Robbie Reyes, I mean, for the Ghost Rider, it's really, really crazy. It's got something called matter surfing, which all that means is it can go up buildings, it can go into space, it can go underwater, it can drive on water, and it can fly, which means it's gonna have a lot of maneuverability in air, trying to say that word properly, maneuverability in air that Sonic just won't have. Uh, And if that wasn't enough, in the comic book series, Ghost Rider King of Hell, the Hell Charger is able to phase through solid objects, which means he can go through anything without touching it. And he can also make himself intangible. So if something's attacking him, I don't know, with an infinite mass punch, it's not going to work. That is the problem. And in terms of speed, here's the thing the Hell Charger can go, it matched Silver Surfer and she caught up to a rant, like a racing Silver Surfer caught up to him, where Ghost Rider jumped out and grabbed the Silver Surfer, knocked him off his surfboard, and kept on going. The Silver Surfer has been clocked, I can't believe this, at 500,000 light years per second. That is a little bit faster than seven times the speed of light. That's how fast this car goes. This is a game changer in this fight. That's my point number two.
0: See, it's interesting you would say that. The Silver Surfer, see, look at the logic bomb he's trying to throw here and then leave the room. Silver Surfer's maximum speed of all time is this. Robbie Reyes once caught up to him, ergo, Robbie Reyes must have The same maximum speed as Silver Surfer. But that's not what actually happened in that example. Uh, Silver Surfer was going considerably slower. And that's, of course, how uh, James tries to hide truth inside, uh, hide lies inside true statements. It's crazy. I'm used to his games by now. Now, you talk about the fact that a Robbie Reyes could summon demons. That just sounds like cannon fodder. That just sounds like people that Sonic would easily be able to tear through. And the one thing I appreciate James's angle for this battle, he wants to separate the Spirit of Vengeance, who isn't really who this version of Ghost Rider is. It's this serial killer, Satanist guy, uh, special power that has the similar properties of the Spirit of Vengeance. And he wants to separate that character from Robbie Reyes, even though Robbie Reyes is the one in control. He doesn't necessarily give it over to this serial killer who wants him to murder everybody, because Robbie Reyes doesn't want to murder everybody. Facts that James leaves out. Robbie, as a character, lacks confidence. Sonic the Hedgehog has a ton of confidence. Robbie Reyes was seen wearing a t-shirt in a hot tub. He was wearing a t-shirt in a hot tub. This is a character who has self-doubt. Sonic can take advantage of that. And real quick, talk about the pennant stare. Cause James won't. Because even if he got hit by it, Sonic is pure of heart. Sonic the Hedgehog uh, is a good character. He's freeing animals from Doctor Robotnik and saving planets. The penance there does not work on purely good beings or beings who have never sinned or are immune to sin. It will not work against those who are apathetic or remorseless. What speaks to 90s culture more than being apathetic? And Sonic the Hedgehog, in a 2016 Twitter post from the official video game account, said, "Hashtag No Regrets." It was relating to National Donut Day. If Sonic the Hedgehog has no regrets, the pennant stare will not work on Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: I mean, that's one of the most ultimate evil things of all time, is eating donuts. And if you feel no regrets from eating donuts, you're right. What kind of, you know... What's left? What are the chances of the penance actually working? I know.
0: Yeah.
1: What is left? All right, listen. This is a lot of nonsense on both parts. Of course, I'm using true facts and the whole thing, because that's what I do. And we're now at the turning point Where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Rama tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Rama has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today?
0: Today, we are going with a very, very special patron. We are going to be going with the one and only Delvin Cox.
1: Oh, Delvin Cox, uh, most likely going to be crowned for a fifth year in the row as the most intelligent person on the Internet. All right. Let's see what Delvin Cox can do against Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Now, this
0: is exciting because Doctor Who doesn't actually fight people. This came up huge in the Doctor Who episode of this show. Doctor Who convinces people not to keep fighting. And Delvin Cox, you know, of course, Delvin Cox, he's, you know, a brilliant man, great podcasts. Uh, great voice actor in his own right i'll go ahead and just put it out there delvin cox would see up to doctor who and they would kind of size each other up doctor who i'm gonna go with the scarf version the one played by that one guy whose name i refuse to say because i don't remember it and i just made a lot of people very very <laughs> angry by making that <laughs> statement and delvin cox is gonna walk up to him and they're gonna have this kind of battle of the minds who's gonna win it out and delvin cox is gonna say hey where'd you get that scarf from And then Doctor Who's going to look at him and say, this old thing? It's from Kohl's. And Delvin Cox is going to be like, interesting. I'm uh, more of a Mervyn's man myself. I am not going to shop at Kohl's. Uh, Generally speaking, it's not that I have anything against them. There's just not one in my immediate area. I typically go to Mervyn's. And Doctor Who says, are we doing this? Are we fighting what's happening? And Delvin Cox says, this has been the battle the whole time. And Doctor Who is going to just like have that effect where like the camera zooms in on him and he's panicked. He doesn't know what to do, and then he just remembers that he's Doctor Who. He grabs Delvin Cox, throws him in the TARDIS, and Battlefield removes him. Unfortunately, Delvin Cox, once again, is just not up to snuff in this battle. Doctor Who, the Time Lord, takes him out.
1: You know what? I, hold on, hold on. Race to Canis. The only reason I'm going to go along with this travesty is because you use the most powerful version of Doctor Who, which is, oddly enough, my favorite, the Tom Baker version if of Doctor so. Who. Yeah, for some reason. Yes. For some reason, that's the geek cultural reference I know that you're referencing Tom Baker, uh otherwise known as Horse Teeth. He is the most the best form of Doctor Who out there, best version in my opinion. It's got to be a close battle, but I get why that version wins. All right, better luck the next time, Delvin Cox. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Rama, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory?
2: Okay, so at this point, I think we've turned in favor of Ray. And... It's not by the biggest margin. It really hinges on this one key point, James. It's that you argued that Silver Surfer was caught by Robbie Reyes, which when I first heard it, I thought, oh, fast is fast. He caught him at his fastest. And then Ray pointed out, no, he he didn't catch him at his fastest. So just because one is caught doesn't mean they're going at peak speed. So we don't know for sure that Robbie Reyes can catch full-speed Sonic, who's going seven times the speed of light and shrugging it off. And Ray did bring up the very intriguing point of confidence. Sonic is not in need of confidence. He lives his life with no apologies, donuts or otherwise, chili dogs, you can throw it in the mix. He's out there doing the most good, going really fast, and feels great about himself as a video game character. Robbie Reyes having doubt, Robbie Reyes wearing a t-shirt and a hot tub, as Ray points out, is something very interesting where there's the Hellraiser and there's Robbie Reyes. They're existing at the same time and one is not independent of the other as you have made it seem. So if Robbie Reyes, with his doubts, his limitations, and his fear of going full serial killer with the Hellraiser in charge, if that doubt can be exploited by someone of superior confidence and speed, then I'm not sure all of the durability, the car, the Deadpool healing factor, and the chains are going to be enough. Now, as I said, Ray's ahead, but he's not ahead by that much. So what I need from you, James, is if you're going to throw the Haymaker make sure it's going to land. So if you use something like he caught the silver surfer, make sure that you know that Ray can't undo it with one quick anecdote because you're right there. And I like that this is a very even battle, but just on the strength of arguments, Ray's bringing it today, James. So you've got one round to make it up.
1: I mean, listen, Ray has been in in kind of rare form this whole season, and I love it. I love a tough battle. I love where this is going. I think I may have exactly what you're looking for, but we'll see how this all plays out. Ray, you're doing fantastic so far. Let's see if you can keep up the momentum. Hit us with your point number three.
0: Point number three for Sonic, and this is where we bring it home. We talk about some of the great things that Sonic can do and has done. I'm going to open with a crossover. It's not exactly the same version, but it's worth mentioning in this particular battle. The movie version. A weaker version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Lest we forget, he was riding in an ambulance that was about to crash into a building and a small child with an ice cream cone. And Sonic the Hedgehog, at his incredible rate of speed, disassembled the entire ambulance, or was it an armored car? It doesn't matter. It's the fact that in the course of a very short period of time, he was able to disassemble it down to the rivets so it would not murder that child. Point in fact, he could move so fast and at such a rate of speed, he could, the video game more powerful version, absolutely zip himself around the Hellcruiser and he could disassemble it down to the rivets and pull Robbie out and take care of him Anyway, now he's got some big wins on his resume, of course. Wins against Silver the Hedgehog, Shadow the Hedgehog. These are slightly equal, if not slightly more powerful and evil versions of himself that are willing to go there a little bit more than he will. Mechasodic was a robot that was designed with his same capabilities in mind, and he was able to take them out. All of these characters are massive speedsters, and he was able, and they're also very, very durable, very, very tough. He was able to get wins over all of them. He got a win over a character named Emerald and not the TV chef, bang, he got a win over this Emerald character who is a better version of him, basically. It has all his same powers, but enhanced versions of all the same powers. Well, Sonic beat this Emerald character in just 30 seconds. That's all it took him to beat somebody who can do everything he does, but better, right? And that's kind of important to keep in mind. He defeated a character named the Metal Overlord, who's another one of these robotic characters, but didn't stop there. He beat the elevated version, Um, Elevated version of Metal Sonic as well. And before we get to the big boppers that he's brought down, let's talk about a couple little things here. That time travel I talked about earlier. He can achieve this time travel by just running at simple light speed. Simple light speed, which he has said before, is not a challenge for him to get. That's important as far as the time travel argument goes. He doesn't even need to push his limits in order to get there. He also is shown to have instantaneous reaction time to characters who are teleporting. And that goes to my point earlier that his brain works too fast given the speeds that he's at. Shadow the Hedgehog was teleporting all around him and he was instantaneously reacting to every spot. You could try to put a portal to hell in front of Sonic the Hedgehog. He will easily dodge around it. He will not be taken by surprise, even at a high rate of speed. He's also traveled through dimensions using special generators that were just around that he used his speed in context of this generator and jumped from one dimension to the other. Important, especially if in the weird case, he does get taken to another dimension. And let's talk about Robbie really quick before the, finally, the really big wins. Robbie got corrupted and trapped inside his own mind for a long period of time. Robbie Reyes actually became a slave to his own uh, abilities at a certain point, which was not necessarily a good thing for him because he suddenly lost a lot of what makes this character it. And he became a lot more, say, animalistic uh, uh, as far as like what he was doing. He gives himself over to the serial killer. He's he's always going to be fighting against that. And if he does, he's lesser for that end result. Now, the big gods that Sonic has beaten, he defeated a character named Perfect Chaos, who is a Cthulhu-like water monster who has beaten planets. He's destroyed planets and then kept living despite the fact the planet was no longer there and then just worked his way to another planet. Perfect Chaos. Sonic launched himself into this character's head or whipped around inside of that character's body, shooting out through the character's face. And he's been able to stagger and eventually defeat this Cthulhu-like monster. He defeated a character named Dark Gaia, who has godlike powers and was ready to use them to unmake the entire universe. And he was gonna unmake the entire universe and make it a different way. And Sonic used his speed to, as I said before, change time, change, uh, space and make it so that that didn't happen. And that's really the big thing here. I'm not going to say Robbie Reyes isn't great. I love the character, but we're talking about a character in Sonic that can put things back spatially and time-wise that uh, otherwise could not happen against gods. I don't see Robbie Reyes achieving that level. Even if one time he pulled up next to a uh, silver surfer as he went around, because Robbie Reyes, the actual character I'm talking about, will only kill a character if he is truly wicked. Sonic, as we said, is a paragon of virtue. That is not a character that he would ever go there with, and he would take the loss
1: in this battle. And that's my point number three. All interesting stuff, which, of course, I'm going to push back on. So, first of all, let's say Sonic disassembled that big armored truck. He didn't uh, put it back together, right? He just, like, took it all apart, which was really cool, very heroic, didn't put it back together. Why is that important? Because the Ghost Rider's Hell Charger... What does it do? It regenerates super fast. He's going to take it apart. And as he's taking it apart, it's already going to start regenerating. That just will not work on the car of Ghost Rider. In terms of time travel, well, in terms of time travel, it's always interesting to me. Because if you go back in time, are you taking yourself off of the field of battle voluntarily? Are you thereby conceding the fight? But here's the real fun part. Even if he does go back in time and encounters an earlier form of Ghost Rider what have you, you got to remember these spirits, these demons, whatever, this group of spirits that inhabits people to create the Ghost Rider persona. They're omniscient, if I'm saying the term properly, which means even you go back in time, they know who you are. They have this crazy, supernatural Google chat GPT, I hate to say it, form of knowledge that they can tap into. Go back in time, and they'll know exactly who you are. That's something Marvel's done before with Conan and Krom when Thor went back in time and saw him. And Krom's like, I know who you are and where your time is, all that kind of good stuff. All right, in terms of special generators that Sonic can use to go from dimension to dimension. That's awesome. But this is a random encounter in neutral location. He's not going to have access to something he doesn't carry on him at all times, including these dimension traveling capability generators. And finally, the Cthulhu thing is actually really, really cool because Ghost Rider, this version of it, has done the same thing to the Celestials, those massive space beings in Marvel. Not only, and this is actually a little gross, one time Ghost Rider actually... Uh, drove through one of the celestial literally just piled right through a, a celestial but i guess decided to come back and piloted the dead celestial like a mech somehow taking control over it that's just a fun thing ghost rider did i don't know why i'm saying it i just thought it was really cool now let me get to my point number three and i'm gonna answer some of this stuff that our esteemed judge ronald Lori kind of brought up because in point number three let's talk about some big feats of ghost rider some power-ups And how Ghost Rider actually beats Sonic because there's some really key ways he can do it. So in terms of big feats, he's destroyed a group of demons, super powerful demons with a blast of his Hellfire. I'm just saying his Hellfire is that powerful. He beat Mephisto. I already mentioned that. He uh, tricked Mephisto. He's actually also beaten him by pulling him down into hell using his chains. This is really cool. Uh, He beat the Marvel equivalent to the Flash. It's a hero known as Quicksilver. And how he did it, he uh, defeated Quicksilver by using his Hell Charger to catch up, literally to catch up, to Quicksilver and ram him into something because he's demonic like that. And then when he he ran into something, he used his chains just to bind him up. It's just a thing he does. He's got a ton of wins by ramming his Hell Charger, his car, into opponents. Let's see, he has also beaten Venom. He's beaten Carnage. He beat Mephisto. He was able to badly hurt Odin with a blast of his Hellfire in that same battle I mentioned earlier. And this whole Silver Surfer thing, listen, there was a confrontation between him and Silver Surfer. He actually got the better of Silver Surfer, got him off his surfboard, which is a crazy hard thing to do. And the reason why that's really important is because Black Widow made notice of all of this as she's traveling somehow in space and observing all this from afar. And it's like, I never thought that Ghost Rider was powerful enough to do that to Silver Surfer. This is the first version of ghost rider that is powerful enough to do that that's how special this version is now in terms of power-ups ghost riders also got a few just like sonic does he's got something called his rage enhancement Ray talked about this a little bit but he enhances it enhances his form his powers all of his physicality everything he can do this change, his car everything gets enhanced dramatically and that includes his confidence listen with this form of Ghost Rider Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider he's going into a hot tub without any shirt on and maybe nothing else on as well that's how confident this person is he's also way 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 more powerful because that's something that's really cool and that's when it taps into his rage which comes into play when he's not facing an easy opponent to defeat let's see he can also increase his power as needed now this is kind of this weird celestial supernatural factor that Ghost Rider has because a lot of people say well writers kind of give him these one-offs that's not the case it's like this character called Blue Beetle and Blue Beetle has this arm i talked about in this last episode that analyzes what's going on and gives the enhancement or whatever weapon blue beetle needs to fight whatever opponent he's facing off whether he's used it before or not the same kind of thing works and happens for ghost rider but with a supernatural basis this is going to be a key thing because i'm not sure if ghost riders ever fought someone on earth or in a planet as fast as sonic now let's talk about some ways ghost rider beats sonic in this fight so first of all Got to go back to stamina. Listen, all these power-ups, I did a little bit of research on Sonic. He's got some insane power-ups, some insane power levels, but they don't last long. What do they last? Like a minute or so or what have you? And then that's it. Whereas Ghost Rider's stamina is not leaving. He stays high in terms of energy, and he's going to continue that for as long as it takes. There's battlefield removal. Look, I've already talked about portals, hell, hell chains, bringing him down into hell itself, uh, teleportation. I mean, this guy uses battlefield removal very, very well. He's weaponized it, and it's something that's second nature to him. He can definitely use something like this in this fight. And again, the Hell Charger can move insanely fast. Look, we already talked about what he did with Silver Surfer. Was Silver Surfer traveling as fast as he can? Here's the thing. Probably not, but was he going pretty fast, uh, you know, midway at least? Yes, because it was kind of a rage thing that Silver Server was going through. But also, he took out Quicksilver, who's moving, I think, at 2,053 miles per hour. No, 2,053 meters per second, which is insanely fast as well. I don't know what that is miles per hour, but that's really fast. And he, he did literally take out Quicksilver moving as fast as he could. And a big reason why Sonic loses. And I'm gonna go back to this because I was kind of sandbagging. It's his pennant stare and his pennant spot. Look, Sonic is an incredible hero. Ray, you're absolutely right. But he's got some things he feels guilty about, and it's official. And I really hate what I'm about to do. So in the game Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic accidentally released Chaos, a powerful creature, evidently that almost destroyed the world. Sonic felt responsible for Chaos's release you know, determined to stop the whole thing. He eventually succeeded, which is cool, but he still felt really guilty about this because he put a lot of people in danger. Also in the game Sonic Unleashed, where you mentioned that Sonic was infected by, I guess, the dark uh, Gaia energy, which turned him into... Is this the right term? A werehog? That's fun. And evidently, Sonic lost control of himself in this werehog form. I'm going to use this word a lot this week. And, and I guess he attacked his friends and he felt guilty about what he did and had done. And I guess was determined to find a cure, whatever. But he did a couple of things he feels really, really guilty about. And this is why the stare is going to work. This stare has worked on heroes. Heroes like Spider-Man. Thor and even Captain America. Look, if it works on Captain America, it's going to work on Sonic. In fact, the pen and stare works so well on Thor that Marvel Comics claims it almost broke him psychologically. It almost broke Thor psychologically. That's crazy. In the end, look, as powerful and amazing as Sonic is, the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider has too many powers, weapons, and abilities for which Sonic, unfortunately, just doesn't have an answer for. This is why Sonic loses. This is why Ghost Rider wins. That's my point number three.
0: All right, let's let's wrap this nonsense up right now. I appreciate you taking another stab at the penance stare, but it's still just not going to work. A couple things to talk about here. Oh no, was he uh, was Sonic negatively affected by Dark Gaia energy? Well, it's a good thing Robbie Reyes isn't bringing that to the table in any way, shape, or form. So who cares? And you talked about Quicksilver. Oh, I don't know how fast Quicksilver goes compared to other people. Well, Quicksilver's been uh, at his top, clocked it going Mach ten. Mach 10 is very, very fast, okay? The speed of light is Mach 874,030 versus Mach 10. That's the level of speed difference we're talking. I'm glad you beat the speedster of the Marvel Universe who is a flicker of flame compared to as fast as Sonic can go. And the uh, Celestial Arm, ripping it off with the chains, that's a very strong outlier in what Robbie Reyes has done. Uh, pe- comics people who read this stuff go, that's ridiculous. That's that's like Catwoman beating three Flashes simultaneously. It just doesn't make sense. He's never shown any kind of chain-ripping move, even near that in the past, and he struggled with lesser feats. So. But let's talk about people that have beaten Robbie Reyes. Oh, there's a character named Grumpy who was hopped up on Hero Juice who kicked him in the face. He was just a street thug. The Blue Hide Brigade, one of the saddest street gangs I've ever seen, beat Robbie Reyes senseless. And look, Robbie Reyes needs the trunk of his car to teleport other people. I don't see Sonic getting in the trunk of his car. And he can only teleport back to his own car. What's stopping Sonic from launching that car off the battlefield and removing it completely? And Robbie Reyes can teleport back to it all day. Sonic is gone at that point. Forget about it. And yes... He had some bad things happen to him in the past, Sonic did, but he righted those wrongs. He's a supremely confident character. He does not feel guilty about it. In 2016, well after the events of Sonic Adventure 2, hashtag no regrets on Twitter. That's all I have to say about that.
1: I don't know. This is, uh, I think this is a lot closer than people expected, uh, a lot closer than I expected, but I think either one of us might have a chance of victory here. I'm feeling good about my chances. Rama, you look, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Sonic and Ghost Rider.
2: I will say that this battle was so much closer than I thought it would be. When I got the message that this was the matchup, I thought, there's just no way. There, There's no way that Sonic can pull this off. But Ray did bring his A-game, as you pointed out, James, and you did as well. So here's where we stood coming into this. In the first round, Ray brought up a lot about durability, speed, recovery, and power from Sonic. And you brought up a treasure trove of abilities that... We have here with Robbie Reyes is the ghost writer. and there were points that Ray brought up that injected just enough doubt to undermine some of the loftier claims that you were making. While we could all agree on the points that Ray was making, of here are the things that Sonic can do that we can't argue with: his speed, his ability to recover from falls, how he gets through different walls different speeds he goes at, and the sheer power that he goes through. Those were things that we could all agree, yes, he can do. What we couldn't agree on was the magnitude of the abilities for Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. What was puffery? What could be undermined? And Ray did bring up enough to give a slight edge to Sonic on the known knowns versus the unknowns. Round two, things got even more interesting when Ray brought up the rebuttal to your original silver surfer argument of silver surfer is fast. We know he's incredibly fast and he may have been caught by Robbie Ray as ghost rider, but not at top speed perhaps. And the tops, the comparative top speeds are very different. Once again, Ray pointed out these very, key abilities that sonic has and it made me think there's a consistent argument that that ray has here but you brought up plenty of points james to keep it nose to nose neck and neck as we got to the finish now i pointed out before the final round that what i needed from you was one big argument that ray could not undermine with one clear response And you brought one that you thought would work, and we'll see if it did. When you brought up the penance stare, the penance bomb, and the slight things that are in Sonic's past that could potentially be relived. And yes, feelings of responsibility for planets being attacked or animals suffering because of mistakes that you made are huge and could potentially be fodder for this penance stare, this penance bomb. Ray pointed out that key tweet while regarding donuts. Donuts can be a representative representation of everything, because if you feel shame for eating a donut or multiple donuts, that is such a small magnitude thing to feel ashamed of in the grand scheme of things. So if Sonic doesn't sweat the small stuff and he's already won He's probably not sweating what happened because life happens and it's not what causes it but it's how you respond to it and Sonic's response was ownership and recovery and victory so that was something that you brought up that was your big point the magnitude of speed that Sonic moves at is far beyond the top speed of Silver Surfer so impressive as it is that he is caught it's not fast enough but also, if you're operating at that level of intelligence, that speed, that litheness in movement, his ability to improvise and recover, Sonic has a lot going for him. But the biggest thing that he has going for him that I just didn't get enough from you of is this. Sonic can go so fast. He can compensate for all of these teleportations, all of these recoveries but he can also move through time. And just like Christopher Reeve as Superman flew around the world in reverse to turn things right, or as Ray pointed out, the Flash in in Flashpoint, if you can go that fast, it's like the Omega-13 device in Galaxy Quest. You can go back and correct these mistakes. And what can't you catch? You can't catch time. Father Time wins in the end. History moves forward. And if you can't catch time, but someone can run all the way through it and rewrite it, what does Ghost Rider really get to do? Because if Ghost Rider can't go as fast as Sonic, he can't catch up to Sonic as Sonic goes forward or back in time. So if you can't do that, you can't catch Usain Bolt in a foot race. You can't catch Sonic through time. Ray wins. It's a victory for the Almighty Ray.
1: You know what? I gotta tell you, I I love it when you're judged because again, you're playing 4D chess while Ray and I are battling head to head, and I can't argue with your logic. I really can't. And the other reason I'm really good with this win on Ray's part is. A little thing that I've been ticked with in the Who Would Win Battles is when a judge says, Hey, this character that's known for super strength, for example, uh, well, the character they're facing, although not known for super strength, has shown examples of super strength. Therefore, they're stronger than the characters known for. Sonic is about speed. And the one thing I can't debate is that even in the Hell Charger, he's not catching up to Sonic speed wise. I'm actually okay with this decision. Well done, Race to You got a very well-deserved victory. You're right. It's the one thing I didn't think Ghost Rider had a great answer for. Brilliant decision on Rama Valuri. Ray, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, how you feel after this victory.
0: This is what redemption is all about. In a previous year, we did Mario versus Sonic, and the wrong decision was made. My arguments, while not as good as they were today, were up to snuff and enough to take out whatever nonsense James has. (laughs) He claimed Mario had just power-ups flashing around him uh, everywhere he looked, and he would just power up to invulnerable repeatedly and take out Sonic. In, in what I can only describe as a trash bag of an argument, and it worked, and I was disgusted, and I've been seething. I've been seething internally every single day, waiting for my chance to give Sonic the green light, and today, we pulled it home. You're welcome, Sonic fans. I didn't do this for you, but I did it for me.
1: That's great, Ray. I'm super happy that you're gracious in your victory today. Uh, listen, this these are the types of battles I live for. Of course, I want to win, but when it's a close loss because there's a certain method, a certain power, a certain tactic that one opponent has that the other doesn't have an answer for, you know, I, I think that's where you got to go with it. And not every judge sees it the correct way, at least in my opinion. And Rama Valuri, I didn't get the decision, but again, you did see it. I got to admit, this was the right way to go with this. You are an awesome judge. Please come back on the show. Thank you for being, doing what you just do. With all that being said, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online.
2: Uh, Predominantly on Instagram. It's just my name at Rama Valuri. You'll find out most of what I'm doing through there. And I guess I'll see you in the cartoons because that's usually where you'll find me unless you see me on TV in a commercial or something. So keep your eyes out and your ears open. I'm always around.
1: Sounds scary. But awesome at the
2: same yeah, time. Yeah, Kind of like an <laughs> evil Santa Claus.
1: Oh, boy. We'll get
0: like me started there. Is that it? <laughs> All right, Ray. Bill, Gold- Bill Goldberg Santa Claus movie, I think, is what we're
1: referring to right now, right?
2: That's the exact one, Ray. Yeah.
1: Oh, gotcha. It's funny, I knew which version of Doctor Who was re- was using. I just again my lack of uh conventional uh you know movie knowledge. You know, not really everybody's up here. on
0: the uh the film repertoire of one uh, William Goldberg. Not everybody's ready for that.
1: He did do an uh one of the he did the Universal Soldier, right? Like the third one or fourth one or I believe one, he did one of one that them. Was. You know, the
0: the big key of his Santa Claus movie is the opening scene has like, you know, B-level celebrities in it. He murders Andy Dick in the opening scene of the Santa Claus movie. And really, that's a thing to behold.
2: And he was great in uh, I mean, Sandler's replacements. Or uh, what was it? The the uh, Sandler's uh, prison football. Longest yard. That's the one. Yeah. Goldberg was in the longest yard, putting on the football pads again. Did just like he job. did for the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. There you go.
1: There you go. All right. Ray Cicadas, congratulations on another well-earned victory. I think we're almost tied, or at least you know, very close and wins this season. But, uh, you know, the battle marches on. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you.
0: I'm glad that a brilliant person like myself brought up Bill Goldberg earlier in this episode, but a scant few minutes ago, because I really am the Bill Goldberg of the Who Would Win show. I win every single match that I go out there to face, and the only thing that could stop me is the management. Booking a judge who doesn't see things clearly, who see things unfairly. The only way Bill Goldberg could ever lose a match was treachery. And what did the WWE do? They made Gilberg a lesser version with Dwayne Gill. Great talent, don't get me wrong, but that's not who Bill Goldberg was, is, or ever could be. I think I'm losing the script a little bit. I'm very happy with the way this episode went. I'm happy to rep Sonic the Hedgehog. I started slipping a little bit on video game characters, and I needed this win to get right with the clarity of the entire universe. I am a universal threat, James Gavsey, and don't you ever, ever forget it. You can find me on Twitter at AlmightyRay.
1: Sorry, I forgot where I was. Oh, that's right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at JamesGabbs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.